This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Michelle McAdoo filling in for Mary Margaret Miller along with my traveling companion, Kamel King with Visit Mississippi. And as we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state, letting you know about people, places, and events that make Mississippi a great place to live. Today, we'll start our road trip with Get to College to talk about their FAFSA Day 2019. Next, we'll head to Tupelo and visit with the Tupelo Automobile Museum. After that, we'll stop by Mississippi University for Women to talk about their Music by Women Festival and end the show with guitarist, singer, and songwriter Carrie Thomas. So hold on tight because we're going for a ride here on Next Stop Mississippi, only on MPB Think Radio. Donating your change to MPB just got better. Visit mpbonline.org slash support. Change donors are now change sustainers with instant benefits like passport streaming video and home delivery of our fine-tuning program. If you'd like to give a set amount every day, now you can. Donations are charged directly to your card, which means you can earn points and a tax deduction. Visit mpbonline.org slash support and become an MPB change sustainer today. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo sitting in for Mary Margaret Miller along with Kamel King of Visit Mississippi. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Hi, Kamel. How you doing? I'm getting used to this seat over here on this side of the glass. I, I don't know if I want to give it back. <laughs> Mary, Mary, you, know you can stay with the Mary baby. Margaret back you can there. stay with Dot and, and, and no, Weezy for a little longer. Food back. <laughs> Michelle, uh, you are already on like 17 uh, shows. Whatever. Don't be trying to jack another one. John, look at him trying to do me. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, you, how was your weekend? And I know you you've done you did something this weekend, didn't you? Well, uh, work, work, working away. We're getting ready to go to South by Southwest on next week. Right. So uh, just getting ready for that. Uh, very excited. Very excited to see all of the thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that, uh, you know, descend on Austin and represent Mississippi and put it down. And I love what you do. And you guys that visit Mississippi, you guys actually represent Mississippi. And we were talking about that, Kirsten, our guest in the uh, studio. We'll talk about that a little bit second, but how you represent Mississippi all over the country. And I love that, um, how people think of Mississippi one way. And when we show them a difference, their eyes are open. And I'm like, what? Mississippi is wonderful. We are. You know what? Though, what, what I found is our uh, perspective of what we think they think of us is off some, too. Okay, all right. Because we think that they think we're so far behind, but when we get out in this world and we talk to thousands of people at trade shows and festivals, they all know the lineage of their family coming from here, and all of them who have visited say it is so progressive mm-hmm. and so much more eclectic and, and fun and you know so on and so forth than they ever thought it was. So I think I think the whole thought about Mississippi is changing on a national and global level. So what you're saying is we need to change the way we think about our own state. Okay, I like it. I like it. It starts from within. (laughs) It does. Well, speaking of our state, our great state of Mississippi, let's welcome our first guest to the show, Kirsten Dunford. Did I say your last name correctly? Dufour. 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 So I like that. I I don't even want to talk about where the last name comes from because I want to get straight to what you do yeah. uh, what you guys do and a great um, thing for Mississippi. First of all, tell people a little bit about yourself and get to college. Yeah, so um, as you said, my name is Kirsten Dufour. I'm assistant director and program um, manager for Get to College. We're a program of the Woodward Hines Education Foundation. Um, we are a nonprofit that serves only Mississippi wow. um, to help students get to college and find money to pay for it. And um, through college, um, to 
connecting to meaningful, um, sustaining work. So we're uh, here to help Mississippi and have been for a little while. So Now tell us how Get This College started. And, uh, I mean, our good friend, Fifth Child, you know, was on last week. And, I mean, I know he loves what he does. He is always pushing it really heavily. So tell us, you know, how Get to College got started. Yeah, you know, we're all trying to be fifth child groupies. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, what we do is we, um, the Woodward Hines Education Foundation is um, a foundation in Mississippi working in philanthropic work. Um, they support Get to College's program. And so we have three centers across the state, South Haven, Jackson, and Ocean Springs, where we will go into high schools and support counselors, building awareness within the high schools, of uh, college going, what do you need to do, what you should you be doing, your timelines. We also then go across the state and provide workshops, professional development for teachers, for counselors. We're essentially an extension of the high school counselors because, you mm. know, in Mississippi, the high school counselors are pulled in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the teachers or the students or the parents will have questions. We're here to support them. And so we've been doing that work in Mississippi for a little while. We're just really amping it up as far as our larger foundation um, gets Getting more involved in that access work. And what type of um, per, well, programs do you guys have to offer the children with Get to College? Yeah, so we um, do a lot of workshops virtually and in person. We will do counseling for students one-on-one. So if you have a student that is a senior and they just feel overwhelmed by the process, which a lot of seniors do, they can come and individually meet with a Get to College counselor and talk through their individual game plan, or they can do it virtually. Or, you know, let's be honest, most of the students are on on YouTube. So we have a lot of virtual YouTube resources. We also do FAFSA completion events um, where we help one-on-one with students and families completing those complicated financial aid applications. And then we do a lot of general presentations. So pretty much anything that a student or family needs to get to college, we help with that in some capacity. Well, let's talk about FAFSA. Since you mentioned that, let's talk about your big event that's coming up and explain exactly what FAFSA is and your upcoming FAFSA day, which is going to be tomorrow, correct? We have it in um, March. Um, that is available in our Jackson Center. Um, it is on March the 9th. The registration is open and we're taking appointments. Um, you just call the Get to College Center in Jackson. So what the FAFSA is, is the Free Application for Federal Student Aid. It's just an acronym and it's just an application. And that's important for everybody to know is that all we're doing is helping the students and families complete their application for federal aid in addition to their application for state financial aid. Unfortunately, that application for federal aid is not the easiest to complete and Mm -hmm. not written in layman's terms. And so um, we help students and families kind of get through that process seamlessly. We also counsel along the way. We talk about college options, timeline, financial resources that are are available. And so making sure that's done correctly, done early so that no deadline is missed, as well as the state financial aid as well. So we're hoping students in that appointment, learn and execute and exhaust every resource available because funding is that big thing that so many people have questions about when it comes to college, that big price tag, and how can we break down that price tag um, and get it covered as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And what is the deadline for FAFSA? So that is a tricky question. Um, the deadline depends on the institution and um, what financial aid they're looking for. So every college has a different deadline when it comes to when their FAFSA needs to be completed. So if you're a parent out there for a senior, make sure that they know when there's, if you're a parent of a junior underclassman as they go and search for colleges, make sure that you're asking um, those questions early on. We really encourage by March 31st. That is the most pressing financial aid deadline for the state of Mississippi for the HELP grant, um, which is the only need-based grant of the state grants that we offer. And so March 31st, we really encourage as many Mississippi seniors to complete their FAFSA and state aid by. Now oh. talk more about that help grant. That's what I'm I mean, saying. I don't yeah. want to run out of time yeah. before we talk about that help yes, grant. Indeed. Yeah, so the help grant is awesome. We love the help grant. It stands for the Higher Education Plan for Needy Students. Essentially, it is the grant that you can get your tuition, tuition, 
tuition covered mm. for four years um, at any two-year public or private institution in Mississippi. Two-year or four-year. The way it works for private schools is it takes the closest public four-year institution and applies it towards there. The requirement is you have to um, have completed your application in FAFSA by March 31st, which is quickly approaching, have to have a 2.5 GPA, have to have a 20 on your ACT by the time you enroll in August, so you still can take the ACT well after that March 31st deadline to get that 20 mm. composite score, and then they have to complete a um, college preparatory curriculum plus one, and then they have to, which is most students who are enrolling in a four-year or two-year institution have taken those classes, and then there's a financial component to it. So we want to make sure everybody in Mississippi, if you're graduating high school, you know about that HELP grant, and you make sure that you exhaust that resource, because it is the fundamental one that the Mm. federal aid will stack on top of so you can get Mm. help grant and pell grant on top of that on top of any institutional aid it's that foundation piece that we want to build and and what i love about mississippi um public broadcasting and platforms like this a lot of people don't even know these grants are out there Mm -hmm. and we talk about that a lot there's monies available Mm -hmm. but you just don't know that they're out there and i love what get to college does getting the information to the parents and the students and the counselors you guys go to the schools and that's what i love about get to college Mm -hmm. you go in the schools and you train the counselors because some schools aren't telling giving the correct information to the students and by the time it's time to go to college they they act like they never heard of it because they actually have it and think of how many mm -hmm. students that come to school and enroll and then have to drop out because you know their their federal aid hadn't Mm -hmm. come in they didn't do the FAPSA right so this is really important oh and by the way is the help grant retroactive you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I wish it was can uh, I get some student loans yeah as I, as I pay my student loan each month I really wish I'm like hmm wish that I would have known earlier type wow. of thing well before we run out of time let's talk about um, preparing for college what are a few things that uh, students and parents can do to get their children prepared for college yes yeah, so um, I kind of talked about earlier knowing those deadlines early is great so that we're not having to retroactively try and fix financial things Um, Mm -hmm. but also a lot of times the colleges will offer in the summer workshops they'll offer on-campus camps or events and that's a great way whether you have an incoming freshman in high school or you've got a going to be senior this year encourage them go stay on campus go to those camps feel what it feels like to be a college student early so that they know oh I really liked how spread out this campus is where I got to walk really far I got to experience all these different you know academic programs type of thing or maybe they nick a school off their potential list because they don't like a piece of it when they stayed in the residence halls or the campus experience during the summer so we really encourage it also helps build their resume y'all if you hear one thing i hope it's the help grant if you hear two things i hope that it is build your resume starting freshman year because so many of those additional scholarships those private scholarships that mm-hmm. people hear about that they say oh so much money's left on the table needs to be um, resume based so build that resume get involved go visit those campuses mm-hmm. they need to be competitive so where yeah. can um, parents because i do want to make this point do they have to register for the uh, fafsa day 2019 that's happening next saturday they do um you can call the get to college center in jackson and register we have appointments available they're 30 minute appointments or you can go on get to college.org our website chat and it's a feature as well or you can check out all of our social media instagram facebook twitter all of our contact information is there you can message us and we can get you set up for appointment we would love to have so many of those appointments filled that we have to bring in more staff for more people to meet that help grant deadline of march 31st nice my daughter's five can i go ahead and bring her well thank you kirsten thank you for coming in today you're the assistant director and project manager with get to college and just jackson based um location only well no we start um, i serve the whole state so. okay and you guys have other sites in what cities south haven and ocean springs Okay. serve the state and the high schools. All right. Well, thank you. And, of course, our friend here who came in with you and actually put all this together. Thank you again, 
your name uh, it's Dionica Davis is awesome. Or- <laughs> I call her D. No, Dionica. Uh, she does a lot of work with Get to College as well. Thank you guys for coming in today. Well, it's time for us to take our first break, but when we return, we'll head to Tupelo and welcome Stephen Mancuso, director of the Tupelo Automobile Museum. So don't go far. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Running a business requires smart decisions every day. Make a good decision for your company today and reach MPB listeners through MPB program underwriting. For more information, go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo filling in for Mary Margaret Miller along with Kamel King of Visit Mississippi. And what you're listening to is Wavy. Waves, actually. Ooh, that's hot. By Carrie Thompson. Man. I was listening to this before the show just to get myself in the Carrie Thomas mood. Um, I'm ready to go on a date somewhere. I, oh, God. I thought you were going to say a date with Carrie. He's right there. Hold on now. Whoa. <laughs> we can make Whoa. that happen, too. All right, RuPaul. Java, you want to jump in? Right there. <laughs> Calm Michelle down Car- a little bit. Carrie is married. <laughs> now, just go and put Camille that out King there. wouldn't go. Let's get that correct in Moondog. <laughs> no, but yeah, Carrie Thomas puts you in the mood for uh, anything. Just sipping tea by yourself to having fun with your girlfriends and, the, and everything in between. We'll have Carrie Thomas on in just a little Most bit on the certainly. show to talk about him and his music and his entire life. Well, before the break, we spoke with uh, Kirsten with uh, Get to College. And she talked about their JPS Faster Day, which is happening March 9th uh, here in Jackson. Uh, from 9 to 1. And if you want more information about Get to College, you can go to gettocollege.org and find out about that help grant and all of the funding that's available out there for you and your, well, for your children. But if you're looking to um, see how to right for you you and and your your children. children. Exactly. But now let's welcome our next guest. Now, I'm excited about this next guest, uh, Steve Mancuso. He's the director of the Tupelo Automobile Museum. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good morning. Hi. Nice talking with you again. Yes, well, you know, we're just going to jump right on. Yeah, in. I'm a car buff, so I want to get straight <laughs> into it. Well, first, we've got to uh, talk about a little bit about you and how you got started with the museum, because, I mean, it has a long history. Tell everyone about the history of the Tupelo Automobile Museum. Well, the, the Tupelo Museum was founded in uh, 2002. Um, is when the doors first opened, December 7th of 2002. We just celebrated our, uh, I believe, 16-year anniversary. Um, and Frank Spain, who was well-known throughout um, the telecommunications world, he was um, part of the groundbreaking crew of MCI. Um, he really was an innovator and certainly a risk-taker. He developed uh, quite a few towers. Uh, he had a tower company where they used uh, broadcast towers and, and developed the technology that uh, transferred microwave um, signals between, um, I guess, from Memphis to Tupelo, which gave, uh, gave way to companies like Comcast. And he also owned several television stations, including WTVA here locally in Tupelo. But, uh, but Frank was a really interesting, unique guy. He was an engineer at heart, truly was fascinated by technology and, and you know, the, the development of technology through time, and particularly with cars. So it really was, was for him, um, cars were really a great uh, passion and hobby because of the fact that he could, he could find some really interesting representations of that. And starting in the late 60s, early 70s, he began collecting cars and had them spread out through uh, various parts of the country where he had residences. And um, eventually he had gotten enough vehicles together where he really wanted to begin the process of developing and, or opening up a, 
McCarr Museum. He thought no better place than his birth, his uh, his hometown where he grew up here in Tupelo. So he um, he worked with local government and uh, purchased a piece of property, built the building, and uh, and we've, we're sitting. I'm sitting right now in in the 125,000 square feet of uh, of the museum that that he he really had this this great uh, great desire to have completed here. It was uh, finished in 2002, and he was able to transfer all of his vehicles to this location and uh, eventually put everything into a foundation. So, you know, go along with his passion for for engineering and develop and design. Um, his his goal was always to be able to fund an educational foundation that would that would be able to support projects that were you know not necessarily just automotive related. But um, but certainly, you know, engineering development really encouraging that next innovator and risk taker, and uh, and so that's what the what the purpose of the museum always was was to fund that foundation, and uh, over time it's it's really gotten to be uh, a challenge to be able to maintain or or cover our operating costs because, as you can imagine, a hundred and well at the time we uh, when I got here it was two hundred and fifty five cars or so, mm-hmm. and. Um, about 60 cars were on loan from various car collectors that uh, that had their vehicles here on display, and so um, so that's that's where we are. And, and unfortunately, the the way the times are for from both a, a financial standpoint and, and really just just the, the desire to continue Frank and Jane Spain's passion to uh, support this educational foundation, it was time to to take another step. I was a uh, an insurance agent. I actually ran a, a collector car program for Haggerty in the Southeast, and I specialized in car museums and race teams and large car collections. And so, Jane and I became um, became uh, known to each other, and certainly started. I, I was her insurance agent for a brief time, and we had a conversation where she said, "You know," I asked her. I said, "You know, what was the what was the goal? What was what was she wanting to do?" And she kept saying that she really wanted to. To you know, continue on with what their their overall desire was mm-hmm. to to fund this foundation. So, so we talked about you know what what could we do as far as you know, marketing or, or you know really increasing the volume of, of visitors to the museum. And mm-hmm. what it effectively came down to was that the cost to operate was just too great. Mm-hmm. And in order to sustain, we really would need to have an excess or an average of, of over a hundred people per day to really, oh, to really right. be able to do everything that needed to be done. And right. we just were nowhere near that. Right. So, um, so we, we discussed, you know, what about selling the collection? And she said, well, she really wanted to keep it all together. Mm-hmm. And that was really her, her real desire. And so I have, uh, over the years developed some really nice relationships with, with some well-known people throughout the car collecting community. And, and of course, most people when they see an old car, they automatically think of people like Jay Leno. And, and um, uh, unbeknownst to Jane, uh, I actually had a relationship with with uh, Jay Leno, and so I contacted him and said, "You know, what are your thoughts?" And he said, "I want five of those cars. I can't. I don't have room for everything." So, um, so the more those conversations kind of began, I, I talked with other people in the car collecting community, and and uh, it all kind of came back to there's there's really only one solution, and that's a no reserve auction. So I, uh, I reached out to uh, Wayne Carini of Chasing Classic Cars, and he agreed. There's just no question. And, and he told Jane, you know, he's, he had told his daughter that there's two words to remember when I pass away, and that's no reserve. Mm. And, um, and so, um, so that's where the, the conversation really began to develop. And we talked about strategy of, you know, let's talk with some of the you know, car auctions and see what would be a, a good solution. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and it took a lot of thought process for Jane. She she really was was um, hesitant to make any br- any brash discussion. So this conversations they, they took place over the course of several months, and and um, we interviewed several in auction companies, and and she made the, deci- the decision to bring me in as a full time employee to really research the cars, uh, get all the paperwork in order. To, you know, regardless of kind of what the decision would be, she mm-hmm. needed she knew that she needed to have things organized. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's what I've spent the past few months doing, but uh, but inevitably we decided that, that that this was the right time, uh, especially with the older cars, that those car collectors are, are you know they're not collecting quite as they used to. The market's kind of softened up on some of the really early stuff, and if we're going to take advantage of those, then we need to do it now. And um, 
So, Stephen, so, um, not to cut yeah. you off, but so sure. a lot of people actually are they're listening to you and they actually missed that point that you said. So the Tupelo uh, Automobile Museum is closing and the cars are going to be up for auction. I know a lot of people lately have been going up there, taking caravans and looking around to see if they may want to um, purchase any of the cars. Have you had a lot of foot traffic up there with people, uh, with car <laughs> buyers looking and uh, trying to get a first dib on what they would like to purchase? Well, ever since uh, the press release came out in December, mm-hmm. um, we have exceeded over 100 people per weekend, wow. um, which is good. And, and here lately, it's gotten really, really exciting. We've, this past weekend, we had uh, more over, I think it was 580 people came in on Saturday. And it's really a unique experience where, you know, most of the time when you go to a museum, you, you picture yourself, you know, wow, it'd be great if I could drive, you know, my wife out, you know, to dinner in that car. Mm-hmm. Or I wish I could, you know, take that home and and this is an opportunity where that actually is possible. So um, when will um, the auction be actually begin? Well, our, our final day that we're open to the public will be March 31st. Mm-hmm. We'll close permanently for, on March 31st, only to open again April 25th, 26th, and 27th. And that's the auction dates. Um, the 25th is going to be a preview day. The 26th will be our day of selling all of the automobilia. We have um, nearly 1,000 pieces of automobilia. Uh, that will be broken up into lots, and mm. um, and those will be auctioned off at no reserve. There is not a not a reserve on any item in the building, with exception to a few handpicked pieces that will be sold separately out, outside of the auction, um, just because they didn't quite fit. But uh, but yeah, so this is this is an exciting time, especially in the car world, where there are cars in here that have not been seen um, on the open market in thirty years. Now, is this um, um, open? Them, I'm sorry. Is it open to the public? Can anyone uh, with money come to the auction and um, bid on the car? It will be open to the public. There will be a, a charge of fifty dollars, and that will that will get you a copy of this beautiful um, catalog that has been put together by Bonham's auctioneers. And uh, you'll also receive uh, two passes and entry for the uh, for the days of the auction. Those those abilities though will be pretty limited because um, we also have to obviously consider our, our bidders and that's the that's the important part is to make sure that we actually sell everything. So um, so bidders will will pay the same fifty dollars for the um, for the catalog. They they will receive two passes along with their bidders pass. Bidders pass registration is a hundred dollars for automobiles and fifty dollars for automobilia. So um, if you're just wanting to buy, you know, some, some a new sign for your garage or some piece of automobile or equipment that we have, it'll be a fifty dollars for the for the registration and fifty dollars for the uh, catalog. Wow! So again, people can come in and um, they can purchase a car or they can purchase uh, automobile memorabilia, like you said. Um, also, uh, if people want to go to a website or uh, find out more information about the auction itself or the uh, museum, where can they go? www.bonhams, that's B-O-N-H-A-M-S, backslash Tupelo. We'll get them to the information site. They can also keep updated uh, via our Facebook page, which is Tupelo Ottoman Museum. Um, and, um, and we encourage people to call and come by. Uh, we certainly are, are open until, until our March 31st close date. It will be a busy month. But um, but it's really a, a fascinating time in the car world for, for many of these cars, including, you know, we've got some incredibly rare automobiles that um, that have not traded hands publicly ever. Wow. And wow. some of them haven't traded hands in four years. That's this is be, really it's bittersweet. Be ex- and bittersweet, but yeah. all of the money will go to the educational fund. Um, I read that. So that is great. Going to raise a lot of money for education in Mississippi. Well, we're going to thank you again, um, Stephen, for spending a little time with us. I know, again, this is a busy month for you. And you guys, good luck on the auction. We're going to uh, take another quick break, but don't go far, because when we return, we're heading to the Mississippi University for Women to speak with Julia Mordakovia, Director of Music by Women Festival. Stay tuned. This is Next Stop Mississippi, only on MPB Think Radio.
MPB would like to thank Daniel, Coker, Horton, and Bell and the Mississippi Healthcare Alliance for underwriting MPB programs. Your company can be an underwriter, too. Find out more. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. Donating your change to MPB just got better. Visit mpbonline.org slash support. Change donors are now change sustainers with instant benefits like passport streaming video and home delivery of our fine-tuning program. If you'd like to give a set amount every day, now you can. Donations are charged directly to your card, which means you can earn points and a tax deduction. Visit mpbonline.org slash support and become an MPB change sustainer today. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo filling in for Mary Margaret Miller along with my traveling partner, Kamel King, with Visit Mississippi. Now, before the break, we spoke with Stephen Mancuso, director of the Tupelo Automobile Museum. Now, let's continue our road trip and head to Columbus and welcome Julia Mordakova, director of the Music by Women Festival at the Mississippi University for Women. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, it's an honor for us to have you here with us this morning. Yes, indeed. I know you're pretty busy uh, spearheading this big festival in its third year. So let's just jump right in on into everything about this Music by Women Festival 2019. Tell us about the festival and uh, what can people expect this year? So the goal of the festival is to celebrate the contributions of women composers historically as well as in the present day. So that means composers that lived in 17th, 18th, 19th century, as well as composers who are currently composing and writing music today, all of whom identify as women. So one thing I'd like to make clear is the festival does have about half, half of it are men participating because they also believe in promoting music by women. But the composers, so the people who wrote the music that we are talking about or that we're performing, are all women. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as you mentioned, the festival is in its third year. It is an international festival. We have uh, performers and scholars and composers coming from all around the world. This year we have composers from Russia and composers from Korea. Uh, and last year and we have people from Canada. And uh, we've had people from Canada and Mexico last year. We have people from all around the United States. Uh, so these are faculty at top research institutions, top conservatories, singers from such, um, such organizations as the Metropolitan Opera, top professional orchestras. So it's kind of everybody. And um, what we do is we get together for three days, and it's really an incredible event because over the period of three days, we have 12 concerts. So we have wow. four concerts a day. Every day it's 10, noon, 5, and 8 p.m. So four concerts a day. All of those concerts are free and open to the public, so anyone is welcome to come and listen to this beautiful music. And all of the programs are very diverse, so you may hear a work that is written by somebody in the 19th century, followed by a work that's written within the past year. Mm. You may hear, it's a diverse in terms of instrumentation as well, so you may have piano soloists, you may have a trio with a string instrument and a piano and another string instrument. You may have a quartet with brass. You may have a choir. So it's, it's very, very diverse, and I think there should be something for everyone to come to a concert and just kind of enjoy of all kinds of eclectic music mix and, and different instruments. And these really top-notch uh, superstar performers in their field, always, I said, these concerts are free, so please come. Between the concerts, we have lecture recitals and papers running. Now, a paper is exactly what you would find at any academic conference with someone who did research on a particular topic and they're presenting about it. And a lecture recital is similar to a paper where there is a research presentation component, but also the presenter will actually get up and play and demonstrate some of the musical things they're talking about. So it's sort of a concert and a lecture kind of together. And um, the topics of the lectures are... They could be about a specific woman composer, about her life, uh, about her work, or about a specific work by a specific composer, or maybe kind of similarities between similar composers. It's also topics that are interesting to women in music, particularly things like gender discrimination on stage and how women are treated differently than men when, when they're performers and the and kind of the standards of how they dress and how they behave, what they're held to. Also things like advocating for women composers online and how we can help promote that. So while the topics are about women in music, 
um, the, the public will really enjoy them, even if they're not musicians, because, of course, every composer and every work is written in the time period and the society uh, that helped kind of create it. And so while we talk about a specific piece or a specific individual, we're always putting them in the context of the time period, the culture, and what's happening around that time at the time that they live. So uh, I think anyone who's a history buff would really enjoy these sessions as well as someone who loves music or the arts. Wow. Uh, so, well, this is great, Julia. I mean, in three years, it's already grown from a two-day festival with six concerts to now three days at 12. So, I mean, it's obviously growing. How do people register for it so that it, it can keep growing? Wonderful. That's a great question. Um, so if you go to muw.edu slash music by women, so one more time, www.muw.edu slash music by women, that is the uh, festival website, and there's a registration link, and there's also the complete schedule. So you can see exactly uh, what session is happening at what time, and you can also see which pieces on what program. So if you're interested in one particular topic over another, you can actually just come for that specific event. Uh, you don't have to stay for the whole three days. Uh, we would love for you to, <laughs> but you don't have to. Uh, yeah. You can just drop by as, as you are able to. So that's where you would go. And as well as on that website, we have the past schedules of the past events, so you can also see what happened in the past few years. But we've really kind of created a movement. Because what we're trying to do with this festival is, of course, we're celebrating Women's History Month and International Women's Day, and we're very proud of that. But we are also celebrating contributions of women to music throughout the year as well. It's not just a month for us. It's, it's yeah. our commitment to really changing the performance and classical music canon to include more women permanently. Uh, you so right. what happens is... I'm, I'm sorry, Julia, we're running out of time a little bit, but let's tell everyone where uh, and when the festival, again, this is uh, March 7th through the 9th. And it's the women by... Uh, music by women mm -hmm. at the Mississippi University for Women. Right. On our campus in Poindexter Hall, which is our music building, March 7th through the 9th. It starts at 10 a.m. on Thursday, March 7th. And you can see the whole schedule, mew.edu.musicbywomen. Uh, we would also like to give a quick shout-out to our, to our uh, grant uh, sponsors. So that would be the Mississippi Arts Commission, National Endowment for the Arts, and the Columbus Arts Council. Thank you so much for supporting the arts. Oh, well, thank you again for thank spending you. a little time with us today and sharing that wonderful information. Uh, we're going to take our last break, but up next we're going to continue this music train with our musical guest, singer-songwriter Carrie Thomas. Ladies, you don't want to miss what's coming up next, so stay tuned right here on Next Stop Mississippi, only on MPB Think Radio. Whether traveling through Oxford or Tupelo, stuck in traffic in Jackson or Meridian, or cruising along the coast in Biloxi or Ocean Springs, MPB goes with listeners wherever they go. Your company's message can go along, too. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I can't wait to wake up to you. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Michelle McAdoo sitting in for Mary Margaret Miller along with Kamel King of Visit Mississippi. And today we've had a great road trip. Before the break, we spoke with Julia Mordakova, director of Music by Women Festival happening March 7th through the 9th on the campus of Mississippi University for Women. Now, what you just came in on was one of my favorite songs mm -hmm. by Carrie Thomas. It's Come Be With Me. He and for y'all listeners, this is not somebody from New York or L.A. <laughs> right. or from Miami exactly. or from Atlanta <laughs> or from Nashville. He's Jackson right. bread from the soil. Well, actually, we're going to talk well, about claim that. Them. Well, you know, right? Because I found out something today that I didn't know. Okay. Well, let's say first of all, welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you for having me. I'm glad uh, to be here. Oh my God! And taking time out of your busy schedule because, hey. of course, musicians have real other jobs too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, you took a time away to spend a little time with um, Next Stop Mississippi today, and thank you so much. No I've been trying to get you on the show for about two years now, right. but I finally got him. Now that. 
that song was not my favorite because you okay. have actually so many to okay. choose from. Okay. You can put the albums in or CDs in and just go with it. You don't have to turn. You don't have to skip over a song. That's what I love about your music. But first, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the music business. Yes. So, um... I was born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Yeah. Oh, well, all right. All okay. right. Next well, it's, it's, you know, Southern, Southern. We cool with that. Southern, Southern. We cool with that. The Cajun. Right. He got that Creole in his family. <laughs> right. But uh, I, I, I was in a, went to high school in West Point, Mississippi. Okay. And then came down to Jackson to go to college. And uh, I started singing uh, by myself. You know, I'm an introvert, you know, naturally. So I uh, <laughs> sung, sung by myself. Um, I did karaoke in the city. Yeah. People, people were telling me you sound really good. Some of my friends that do music, rap a little bit, asked me to come sing some hooks. I did that, and people were like, man, you should do an album, man, and uh, started writing some songs, and I just put time to do it, made it happen. And uh, two albums in, and, you know, doing pretty good. And now you're one of the most sought-out performers hey. here. Man, listen, man, I need to take you on the road with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a lawyer now. He's a man. music uh, yeah. Independent uh, entertainment, entertainment attorney. attorney you know, Enough yeah. about me. Back you to got Carrie. so many, so many titles. But Carrie, people don't know they can't see you, but you brought this beautiful guitar oh, yeah. in the studio. Uh, were you classically trained on guitar? Oh, no, I was not. Um, actually, I bought it. Um, I went to a pawn shop. I bought it. I bought my first guitar for about sixty bucks. Yeah, I learned on YouTube how to play some wow. of my favorite songs. And um, no, I have not been classically trained. But, uh, but you sound like it. So that's crazy. It's funny right? how, um, like you said, you, who who was your uh, inspiration uh, as far as musical uh, artist or guitarist? Who sure. inspired you? So to play guitar, uh, John Mayer. I listened. To, I have all of his albums, other than Paradise Valley. Sorry, John. I, I didn't really like that. One. But all the rest of them were amazing. <laughs> they were amazing. Okay. This last. Who one don't like Paradise Valley? <laughs> John Mayer just like what? <laughs> right. But anyway, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's why I started to play guitar, and then um, of course you know. Every growing up, R and B is heavy in our family. So you know, Stevie Wonder, Luther Vandross, mm-hmm. all of that stuff in the household. And John Legend. And I was going to say uh, we were joking. The yeah, get to college yeah. uh, ladies were like, "Oh my God, is that Carrie Thomas? Oh my God, you know, uh, <laughs> fan it out." And I was like, "Yeah, that's uh, I call it Little John Legend yeah, yeah. because Don't you." Do that. And, but Don't you know what's that. funny? Yeah. Uh, that's a compliment. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I know you. Uh, you're kind of tired of it, but Here you have this. You hear it all the time. You have this super neo-soul smoothness about your uh, tone, your sound, even when you play the guitar. And crossover appeal. Well, thank you, man. Yes, yes, yes. And and your live sets, uh, you do a lot of coverage. I do. But you also have your own music. Let's talk about some of your own albums you've uh, produced. So my first album is called uh, Eye of the Storm. Um, it is a, a deeply personal album. It's like a transition period in my life. And it's really when I first uh, took that step into creating music on my own. Mm-hmm. As you guys know, you know, everybody in the music scene here, you know, covers, you know, that's mm-hmm. how you make your money, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, it's very challenging to do your own music in front of people that don't know you. Mm-hmm. Um, I took that risk. I take it, you know, all the time. And, uh, you know, I'm better for it. It debuted at number one on the Amazon Soul oh, category. Amazon. I could not believe it. Now, didn't that so, blow you away? Exactly. Away. You took a chance and yeah. look what happened. Yeah, yeah. Now, now tell, you know, I'm always <laughs> interested in asking independent art, well, artists, period, yeah. your writing process. Sure. Because for you to step out there and say, I'm going to put my own heart, my own vision, my own experiences sure. into music. How do you do that? What's your process? Yeah, so um, a lot of these songs I've, I've written by my, I write by myself, you know, have the melody and kind of put it together. And then I'll go uh, grab some of my musician friends and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of make it, bring it all together. But usually I write in the car, man. Like, really? I write in the car. <laughs> After I get the instrumental, I mean, I'm just driving around and that's wow. kind of where, where the words come in mm. a lot of times. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But that's it, man. That's the process. So uh, what influences you, uh, uh, what inspires you to write? What yeah. do you write about? Yeah, so definitely I'm very selfish. I write about, you know, my life. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> but, you know, and the experiences of my friends too. Uh, you know, I try to put that into music. Um, I try to make it as real as possible. That's really one of the reasons I don't use a stage name. You know, mm. that's, that's me. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that that mm. that I'm I'm transparent in what I present out here because you know I want to make sure that you can tr- I can translate how I feel to everybody through the music and that's authentic that's and that's it. why it comes mm-hmm. across your uh, live sets are just everything I mean sitting sitting back and just mm-hmm. enjoying a nice cocktail and listening that's to Carrie it. Thomas is what you should do on a Friday <laughs> or Saturday night that's now it. your sophomore album um, after the high yes. it was released in 2016 it was. I, that. 
<laughs> I, see, I have no words. <laughs> Let's give everyone yeah. a little, because one of my favorite, of course, is More Than Words, because sure. I don't have any words right now, but More Than Words <laughs> with uh, Clinton Babers. Yeah, I mean, man. You have a an, an R and B feel with Neil So, and you know your up tempo songs are great too. Oh, awesome. Well, let's give the state of Mississippi a little taste because I see again you brought your guitar yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Let's give them a taste of who Carrie Thomas really is. Let's see. Uh, I'm excited. Okay, great. Let me get some of these chords out of the way. It's all right, I don't need that. Excuse me, sorry, sorry. Y'all listeners, lay on back for the <laughs> smoky sound. <laughs> smoky sounds. <laughs> When the leaves changed colors We fell in love in the snow She was my one and only All through the springtime We made love all summer I've been in love before I know it comes and it goes But let me have this moment with this woman I let her know my future later on But now more than words can describe could she be love to find more than I've ever known my babe I put it in a song for you baby yeah I put it in a song for you girl baby say ooh yeah they say Timing is every little thing Together and on pace for us Send a love Send your eyes For you and I, baby See, girl, I love you And you love me Forevermore Eternally You ain't gotta worry about a thing And forever, girl, I got your back Say, baby, yeah More than words Can't describe Could she be Love to find more than I've ever known before, babe. I put it in a song for you, baby. Yeah, I put it in a song for you. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Man. That's what I'm talking about. Effortless. It's effortless. And your words, I'm tearing up because um, your words and your melodies, oh my God. I can, I love, everyone around here knows I love jazz. Oh, yeah. So I listen to jazz in my office all day. I can, I love your voice. Thank the you. melodies to that song, mm-hmm. just right here, that acoustic sound, that guitar, Thanks. that's all you. You are so special because. To me, just finding out that you weren't classically <laughs> trained, you, you you learned on YouTube how to play that. That didn't sound like somebody learned how to play guitar on YouTube, but that just shows you what you can learn on YouTube. Yeah, you got to see him live. Hey, come on out. You got to he's see live him live. Show, and he's not just this laid back, because he can, you know, and yeah. I'm, I'm missing the hat today. Yeah, we hat joked today. about the hat. He's like uh, Clark Kent and uh, Superman. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Monday through Friday, no hat. And so on the weekends when he gets his guitar in front of his fans, screaming fans, he puts the hat on and turns into uh, hey, uh, Superman. Right? Make it happen. Make it happen. <laughs> so, Carrie, tell us, you know, in the, you know, with you maturing in music and doing different things, being recognized, you know, and I mean, the state really recognizing. Yeah, you. Yeah. What are you kind of your next steps? What do you foresee for Carrie Thomas? Yeah. So, you know, when I first started, I was a single man. You know, mm-hmm. things have changed. <laughs> yeah. You know, married now, have yeah. a daughter. You yeah. know? She's beautiful, by the way. Thank you so yeah, much. Man. Thank you so much, man. And um, you know. The, the content of the, the music I want to create has changed a lot as well. I've already written the next album. I've written the whole wow. thing. Um, I'm just uh, finding the right time when I get into the right space, got mm-hmm. enough you know, time to uh, go ahead and lay it down. Mm-hmm. But um, I do want to release one more project and then, uh, you know, kind of see where we go from there. Got you. Yeah, How has the music changed between being a single man, oh, man. and a performing artist <laughs> yeah. to a wife and a yeah, daughter? Yeah. You know, how does, how does it change you? I mean, I would say... Uh, you know, the inspiration now is, of course, the content changes, but the inspiration is mm. there all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I have something to write about. I never forget when my daughter was born, I wrote a song about her. 
And man, I really like I played it back to myself and I was tearing up listening <laughs> to it. I was like, God, what's that happening? type of love is, mm-hmm. yeah. is different. Yes, what's happening wow. to you? Man, them daughters, right? <laughs> man, you them know, daughters, man. man. Oh, Look at man. that. Well, I have a so, daughter yeah. too. Oh, wait till you. she gets 15. Okay, then y'all gonna write about <laughs> that. No right about, not in a write rush. about that. Well, Carrie, you actually won in 2016. Uh, you were voted Best of Jackson uh, Award for the Best in R&B Artist. And I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You've opened for countless. People all mm-hmm. over sure. uh, yeah. the country, yeah. uh, from um, I mean Grammy Award winner uh, singer songwriter Candy Burris yeah. Yeah. to uh, opening for Keith Sweat, yeah. K. Michelle, John B, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Carl Thomas. Yeah. 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 So when you're on those stages and when you're going out to these places, what have you learned? What's the best experience that you've had out here in the um. world? I would say definitely the professionalism. Like, you know, when you have these shows on your own, you know, you have other people, other band members with you, you know, you have to make... You, you, it's it's a little bit looser with the time, mm-hmm. but with these shows here, the time is. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like this: you have a production manager, you do your sound check, and everything has to start on time. Sometimes right. you know you sometimes you hurry up and wait, but you need to be in place at all times. That's right. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 one of the things I've taken I've taken away from those uh, bigger uh, experiences, and then meeting them, mm-hmm. kind of seeing how they uh, pr- uh, some of those artists how they get ready to perform and. Their professionalism or lack thereof. You never know. Have you met John Legend? I have not met John Legend. <laughs> I was just wondering. Just no. <laughs> no, no, no. Because they're so similar in style. A little bit, you know, yeah. of course you're Carrie Thomas, yeah, but yeah. I was just wondering, you've met so many people. Nah. Have you met John Legend? No, nah, I haven't got a chance to meet him yet. But Hopefully. you know what? I'm thinking that's gonna happen that's pretty next. pretty soon here. So before we get out of here, what's your goal? What's the goal of Carrie Thomas? What uh, why do you do what you do? Sure. Um, you know, music is very therapeutic to me. Um, it's one of the things that uh, I cherish. Um, I'm just grateful to have the opportunity to, to share my gift when I can. And um, I just love it. I love it. You know, I really, really love, love it. You so where are you going to be next? Because I know a lot of people are wondering. Yeah. Where, that little taste we got, where can I see him live? Tonight. I'll tonight. Be, tonight. I will be at uh, the King Edward Hotel. Uh, I'll be there. I have a, a musical accompaniment. A uh, good friend of mine named Kenneth Allen. He, he'll be playing keyboard with me. Uh, mm. We'll be there from 8 to 10 p.m. It's actually free. Come on oh, by. Say that again. Uh, King Edward's Hotel. Uh-huh. Yeah. Eight to Tonight, ten. 8 to 10. Hilton Garden Inn, downtown yeah. Jackson. Downtown. Free. And, and then, you know, one thing mm-hmm. about Carrie is, I mean, I've seen so many artists, I mean, come up through the ranks and, I mean, get a quarter of the recognition <laughs> you get and you can't fit their head through the door. And mm-hmm. this guy has so always humble. been so humble, approachable, Thanks. sane kind of character. And that's what yeah. comes across on stage and I think oh. that's why mm-hmm. you have, your fan base is so huge mm-hmm. and again not only women but men bring their women out into your shows yeah, and everybody. just has a great time with great you. Time. So after tonight what's next for you? Uh, what's another show that someone can get to um, they can't come tonight? So you know I'm, I'm almost it's almost like a residency but I'm at the King Edward Hotel every first and fourth Friday and then also right now I have a lot of private corporate gigs, you know. I know that's right. right now. <laughs> Cash them uh, checks. Right. Just know that I'm in, in demand, and if you would like to book me, uh, please yes. send me an email, Music at gmail.com. Okay. The corporate checks don't bounce, do they, baby? <laughs> well, we want to thank everyone for traveling with us today and thank all of our guests for joining us. Dr. Stanley Friedman with the University of Mississippi's Department of Music. Michael, uh, oh, no. Okay. We want to thank all of our guests for joining us today and, of course, thank our musical guest, Carrie Thomas yeah. for joining us. We had uh, Kirsten Dunford with Get to College. Of course, we had Stephen Mancuso with uh, the Tupelo Automobile Museum. We also had Julia Mordakova with the director of uh, the Music by Women's Festival. Yes. And again, Carrie Thomas. Thank everybody for joining us today and join us next Friday for another great trip through Mississippi only on MPB Think Radio.